0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul.
1: Hi, I'm Marissa.
0: And we're going to talk about Dr. Blood Money, or How We Got Along After the Bomb, a 1965 novel by Philip K. Dick. Nebula Award nominee. I don't understand how that that makes sense, but I also don't follow. Uh, maybe it was his turn that year. <laughs> um, I don't know why <laughs> this particular novel gets a Nebula nomination. If there's any justice in the universe, on the other hand, I, I don't think it's a, a garbage novel. No, it's
2: it's 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 not it's not in that top top tier that we've hit lately. Like now, wait for last year and. And *Man in a High Castle*, but it's 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 not it's not the lower dregs of
0: Jack by any means. And he, I don't know, I I I'm I'm tr- having trouble finding something something that I like m- more. <laughs> no, that I like less, I guess. Than this one? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. There are lots of good things in here, but as a novel, it doesn't hang together all that well. I yeah. don't think.
1: Yeah. Like the, I love the ideas are awesome. I I feel like there's, it feels like there's so much potential in it, but the way it's written is so confusing. <laughs> I I like, had go go ahead, Marissa. No, that that's it. I'm just like I had to yeah. I had to read it over a couple of times and then look at people's summaries and notes of it and try and mm-hmm. like put it all together.
2: I had forgotten that there was a whole. Stuff set before the bomb. I thought, I thought my in my half memory of having read this, that was all set after the bomb. Is like, wait a minute, where, what, what happened to the bomb? Like, we because they mentioned the earlier atomic blast,
0: and that's right. that, too. It's right. it's a mess. Yeah, There's two It's two nuclear yeah. problems.
1: and doesn't it just like jump back and forth without warning? Like, I feel uh. like sometimes I was like after one. I'm in the past and I'm in the present and I don't know when. <laughs> well, I don't the, know when the, it changes.
2: The, 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 the change is extremely subtle. I mean, suddenly we're going, and now it's 20 years later, and we're in, yeah. in this post-apocalyptic society with with not much warning. And and then we get some kind of quasi flashbacks that kind of like like well, okay, what's going, what's really going on here? And but. For all for that, it's relatively a straightforward timeline. It's not twisty-turny like you'd expect out of a dick novel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not twisty-turny in the story. It's just the way it's presented is kind of – I think some chapters just jump around. It's weird. And just the jumping between the characters as well. I'm always like, who is this now?
0: Mm (laughs) I don't
2: know who this person is. Head-hopping, yeah. Yeah.
0: Hopping, that was your pun there. (laughs) (laughs) Hopping, yes. Uh, that looks, hoppy. Hoppy. Um, hoppy Herring. So and... <laughs> uh, I, I, I just kind of realized near the end of the book that this actually, you know, thinking through the dick themes that are in it, um, the one that actually is most maybe profoundly important to the plot is um, the ability that Hoppy – no, not Hoppy, uh, Bill has – and I, I also noticing, looking at the Wikipedia entry, the, the first cover of the first paperback edition um, has Hoppy on the cover. <laughs> he, he doesn't look pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not Hoppy. Bill. Oh. Bill. It, so I'm getting confused here. But um, that's also part of what's going on in the story, right? Is the ability to switch bodies or switch pro- – project your your spirit or – soul or whatever, your mind, into another person's body. Oh,
1: yeah, that was weird. That, even when you were talking about Bill's ability, I was thinking, wait, who's Bill? What's that?
2: Yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. like... <laughs> I, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who okay. named Bill? He was
1: the <laughs> right. yeah the brother, the parasitic twin the para- brother. Right. That can yeah. move into different bodies.
0: Yeah, so uh, it, it, this goes back to the very first published dick story, which is Beyond Lies the Web. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is about a creature called a wub who is very highly philosophical, very intelligent, um, very peace loving. You know, it's a vegetarian and it gets, uh, you know, basically not assaulted, but uh, <laughs> it's being told it's going to be slaughtered by the captain of a spaceship. And uh, he says, come on, captain, can't we talk about this? And, the, and the captain's like, nope. I'm going to get my knives. right? <laughs> um, and yeah. so he's he we find out at the end of the story that he's projected him. Well, it doesn't say, but the captain is now talking as if he's the wub, which makes us think that the captain's gone and the, the wub is now the captain. Yeah. And that happens not just with. Well, I'm not sure. So that's sort of a theme in this story, isn't it? Like, not just with Bill, but other characters. I think it's just Bill. Well, what about Hoppy? He, he's doing that... Uh, so, because,
2: because he's yeah. trying to overt, overtake uh, the guy in the satellite. He's, yeah.
1: I read it's, that as just telekinetic ability the whole time. But then again, there but, was one comment in there somewhere where someone's like, Hoppy was up on the... Space station.
2: Like. Well, right. Well, it's 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 kind of a psychological thing. He's trying to take Walt Dangerfield to place. Um, yeah. But, and, and, and and by not letting people know it, because he's trying, he's got that, he's got that big transmitter. He's going to make a, he's going to tra- make people, he's going to transmit through the satellite, so it looks like that he's doing, he's doing Walt. Well, and he, not to mention, we have that weird comedy bit where he's doing impressions, and he does the impressions of Walt. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, in a psychological sense, he does what Bill can do in a in a uh, in a telekinetic sense. He's mm-hmm. trying to take yeah. over take over uh, somebody's life, basically.
0: It is. It, it, it's it's sort of a different version of that. But um, on the other hand, he's also. Like I, It made me start questioning whether there is anybody in that satellite at all.
1: Yeah, I wondered it's, that, too. I was like, oh, okay, so Hoppy, he's the only person in that satellite. There is there is no Walt Dangerfield still alive. But, no, he's still alive.
0: Well, it, is he at the yeah. end? I don't that's him.
2: Yeah, it, 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 it sounds like him because... I think it's they, Hoppy. But no, they? no Hop, Hoppy's gone at the end. Hop, 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 Hoppy, is, uh, Hoppy is dead.
0: And where did he go? Um. <laughs> he went to heaven, which is right. He's he's dead, but where did he go? Because okay, so the narrator does a really interesting thing. The uh, audiobook narrator, um, uh, Weiner is his name. Um, he um, he gives the voice of. Walt Dangerfield, when he finally comes back on the line with the with the psychotherapist, he says he comes back sort of sprightly mm-hmm. in voice, right? Instead of like, I'm dying in voice. That's true. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's a deliberate choice. You think uh, that's Hoppy? I totally think it's Hoppy. I didn't
1: get that. Okay.
0: And the reason it is like, well, he's not answering. He's not answering. And, well, the reason he's not answering is because Hoppy's still in the room, well, sort of.
2: I get it. <laughs> I thought he
0: leaves.
1: Right. I uh, thought that was just kind of like bad writing in a way. Like I was like, oh, like Dangerfield is just suddenly he's really healthy again. That's kind of weird. But
0: I don't think. I. I mean, I think we're we could totally think that it is bad writing because there's you know, a lot of that makes sense. what here. you say. <laughs> yeah. Dear dear God, Bonnie said, doubling up. It
2: isn't possible. He's being psychoanalyzed, but. She thought, where did Hoppy go? Did he
0: give up? Yeah. That, he says it like, or she says it twice or three times. It's,
1: yeah. Ah, it's a, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. So Hoppy's just, up there now. It is very creepy.
0: But, but notice he's not the Hoppy. When when Hoppy was impersonating uh, Dangerfield while Dangerfield was still alive, he was like a mad god resentful of the treatment he got for not, you know, being rewarded better for killing Uh, Bluthgeld. Yeah. And when he's talking up later, he's much more like Dangerfield uh, originally. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: So I think there's, there is something very cool going on in here. And I think um, it, it probably, you know, it all sort of comes back to the reason we read Philip K. Dick novels is because we think Philip K. Dick's got an amazingly interesting mind. And one of the things that uh if you've heard him on the interviews that he's done like uh or did i guess on uh radio stations and and just with uh, you know reporters um he he will say things like um he's really easily manipulated um so when he uh, he tells a story about when he went to the psychotherapist and the psychotherapist is uh you, your problem is you're an alcoholic
3: uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh.
0: And he says, but I don't drink alcohol, doctor. <laughs> he says, well, you're just in denial. And he's like, am I? Oh, wow. <laughs> so he has this thing where, you know, in his books, like we did Man in the High Castle, his wife really gets into jewelry, right? Uh huh. And so what happens? He gets into jewelry.
1: Yeah. I, was, I didn't understand it. So he's really just impressionable and.
2: Super impressionable guy. Ah, right? That's kinda cute. Kind of like a, like a Zelig in some ways is taking on the taking on things around him whether he will or not
0: sure and it's it's you know it's sort of a very human thing but he's got it sort of multiplied so it's a a lot stronger and uh in thinking about this i i i went back i I don't do a lot of reviews anymore um i'm not sure why that is exactly but i think partly it's because i've sort of reviewed myself out (laughs) um But I went back and I found my review of this book, and I thought I'd read a bit of it just because I'm not that upset with what I wrote. Um,
1: Yeah, I read that too. I liked your review.
0: Did you like it? Yeah, I thought there was something good in there. Um, Let's see. There's two paragraphs that are sort of about the book. Oh yeah, so I'll, I'll read my plot summary of the book, yeah, which great. is pretty, pretty <laughs> weak. Uh, the plot of this one is almost unimportant. It is hard to sum up in a sentence, but I'll try. A radio repairman with no limbs due to focalemia, focomelia, uh, phoc- focomelis, <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> in the book, right? Um, has superpowers, which he uses to predict slash cause World War Three. Then becomes ultra powerful as a big fish in a small pond, and notice almost everybody who 's alive before the blast is alive after the blast mm-hmm. uh, and they just everything that sort of was predicted but anyways here 's the the important paragraph: The rule about writing that you uh, what you know is more difficult than science fiction nobody 's been to Mars yet. nobody has met an alien. But you can clearly see what Dick knows showing up on the pages of his SF novels. When he wrote Dr. Blood Money, he was really into Jungian and Freudian analysis. He was reading Of Human Bondage uh, by Somerset Mom, and was probably an avid mushroom picker. The plot doesn't really matter <laughs> in this situation with a set of Dick characters. What stands out, what will remain in your memory, are the scenes, characters interacting with each other and themselves. Yeah, and there's a lot of that interacting with Mm -hmm. them. Thinking their thoughts, acting their acts. When we meet the title character, Bruno Bluthgeld, for the second time later in the book, he's not the star. He's showing off his talking sheepdog to a little girl. She asks her dog to speak. It does, and the tears came to my eyes. When Stuart McConchie goes into San Francisco, he parks his horse, only to come back and find it eaten by the city's underclass. (laughs) It's really all there. The salesman, the repairman, the cheating wives, the murderous children, and the sympathetic animals. Everything that we expect in a dick tale. And it, it makes it sound like, yeah, a pretty good
1: book. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good summary though. Like that you managed to distill that. Yeah.
0: Down. <laughs> I was a good review writer back then. Yeah. Um, but it, it, there are so many good things going on in the book i love the dog i thought that was just amazing
2: yeah <laughs> I, I mean a lot of these things don't go anywhere the no. the, 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 the rat that plays music the nose flute the, the nose <laughs> flute and the, the but it dogs. comes
0: back in too right he starts talking about it yeah um uh, but did you notice who's talking about it
2: uh bonnie Stuart? right
0: isn't it Stuart mcconchie
2: yeah Stuart.
0: and doesn't he say i knew this rat once he didn't know that rat. Then that, that was the story that the guy in the raft told him.
1: Yeah. He stole the story.
0: <laughs> he stole the story, but I don't think he stole it. I think it became part of him. Ah. I think that's what the theme is, is that you sort of be, you know, notice how bill is inside his sister. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like she is a part of, well, he is a part of her, right? She, he is literally inside of her. Um, and when somebody tells you a story about a rat that you've trained to play the nose flute <laughs> or that just plays the nose flute. Super you know.
1: intelligent rat.
0: Super intelligent rat, right? Yeah. Um, it, that story sticks with you. And it sticks with you so much that if you're like Philip K. Dick, it just becomes part of your story. Uh-huh. Not deliberately like, hey, I, I, I want to ruin uh, somebody else's life and steal it. mm mm-hmm. More like it just becomes part of your story, so I I think that the you know that's what he's sort of playing with, and it doesn't really cook out that well because half the time he didn't even notice.
2: Yeah. But there there are some night there are some classic Dick touches. The U.S. government is based in where else? Cheyenne, because mm-hmm. they talk about. Well, Making a tr- a trip there because they're going to try to get a rock to go up to uh to a walt, but it's they 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 don't know how they can get across the uh, the Rockies and the Sierras because the passes are all messed up from from uh from the war and it's it's a it's it's almost like very pastoral sort of existence in that it is mm-hmm. it kind of kind of like um. Kind of like uh, that Kim Stan- one of the Kim Stanley Robinson California novels, of- yeah. Yeah, Pacific Edge. Pacific Edge, where things have yeah. things have gone backwards and communities. The
0: communes are back, and they are uh, <laughs> they're crunching their granola. They're
2: crunching, they're, they're crunching, they're crunching their granola and trading Rolling their cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was really weird actually because I usually I quite often play video games while I'm listening to audiobooks. Ah, huh. and um. Huh. I just have. I've never played Fallout, so I just started playing Fallout Three while I was reading this book, and it's set in a post-apocalyptic world. I don't know if you guys have played it.
2: I have. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it was so cool, like listening to this book while I was roaming around that world and like trading cigarettes and meeting communities.
2: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I was like, is this inspiring?
1: Yeah.
0: Perfect pairing. (laughs) And it's full of mutants too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there were so many things I was like starting to
0: get confused. Like, oh my god. It's a lot more dangerous though than uh, <laughs> this world. I mean, uh, uh, the most dangerous thing it, it it never comes up. They never say it. But uh there's there's a bit of racism mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. amongst the characters. Um they never say the word racism or discrimination or anything like that. But um this is also the second book where we've had a fuck or Whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, guy with no arms and legs.
2: Yes, I was going to yeah. a main character, right? I, I and considering Deuce IRA came out after this, mm-hmm. it's clear that he kind of and this uh, he kind of recycled Hoppy Harrington into T Boy Mcmasters.
1: I haven't read that. Okay.
2: Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. You you didn't do that one with us. Who who did we do that one with? I don't remember. Because because we did it on the podcast.
0: Yeah, it was a Zelazny um, Zelazny Dick collaboration and Dick's show.
2: Yeah, you know. and, and I was I was I was thinking a lot about Deuce Ira as I was listening to this because because of Hoppy Harrington, but you can also make a parallel between Doctor Bluthgeld and the uh, and the scientist who starts War, the, and the Deuce Ira in Deuce mm-hmm. Ira because both of them think or might have supernatural powers.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: So i i can I can see how he, uh, he well, recycled the some things.
0: Something was going wrong with him, like he was having some sort of crisis of life when he wrote that, right? That's why he couldn't finish it, and that's why it's full of deus ex. that is, yeah. it's full of. Um, basically lifts from other actual stories like actual scenes and dialogue. and
2: Right. The, 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 computer, right, the computer is taken from the big the, C. And, yeah, the,
0: the great C. And then the it's uh, of withered apples and huh. all sorts of things that don't fit together exactly. But one of the subtitles for this one was uh, An American Odyssey or something like that originally. is It was going to be called um, something like that. What was that? Uh... You, oh, in Earth's Diurnal Course was one of them, which I I think actually would be a better title. And, um, yeah, because Doctor Blood Money. Doctor
2: Blood Money gets na- na- name dropped once exactly, and it doesn't really fit with the rest of the book.
0: No, mm. and it's, but it's all that title is to try and market the book, right? Yeah, it's it's solely a marketing. Doctor Strange Love, yeah. But what was really strange to me is I, I was thinking Bluthgeld was, um, Henry Kissinger. Oh, yeah, real politique and. But yeah, but also, you know, he's, he's like a, well, he's, in this, he's more of a scientist, I guess, sort of. But he's from that sort of Operation Paperclip end of World War Two it feels like. He's not actually, cause it's set in the future, but, um, But it can't be because uh, this book is before that, before Kissinger, right? Uh, I mean, not before he's alive, but before he's like a big fish in, you know, the secretary of state and stuff like that. He's um, he was, you know, a player, but not like in the public mind the way he was. He was uh, really important to American politics in the late 60s, 70s, right? But not in the early 60s, not like this. So.
2: Oh, um, what about Robert McNamara?
0: Well, he doesn't have a German accent, does he? <laughs>
2: no, no, he doesn't. But that's that's sort it, of
0: certainly he's dealing with he's dealing very much with uh, the Vietnam War, even though it is so early. Um, we get there's uh, soldiers coming back with bone viruses or something. Yep. See it. Uh, and there's gooks, which uh, but they're not they're not. Uh, Vietnamese, I don't know what they are. The
2: Chinese.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: there's implications, and again, that's the half baked part of this novel that the Chinese did invade the United States sometimes during this war because they they kind of they kind of allude to it.
0: Spoilers for Marissa's Fallout game too, by the way. Oh really? (laughs) (laughs) Not that it's really a spoiler, but but, whatever. But
2: but yeah, it it kind of gets dropped. Like, okay, when, where did the Chinese invade?
0: but no, it's it's a it's a strong connection because uh the it is this is a post nuclear war story. Yep. Um post double nuclear, nuclear strike story. Yeah, uh, so the first and the funny thing is they don't call it like World War 3, they call it E-day, Emergency Day. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of underselling it, I think. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, emergency. How about this? <laughs> Everybody's house just burned down and <laughs> there's mutants everywhere.
3: Or the I, horses.
0: I I like the uh, original title uh, Earth's Diurnal Course better. Um, be, did you notice that the book starts on a morning and it ends on a morning?
1: No, this is, didn't notice. This
0: is, yeah. this is one of the things, the tricks that Philip K. Dick still pulls <laughs> off. Is you know how at the beginning of a novel we have sort of some some setup, and then. uh I guess we, we did this not that long ago. It was either Vulcan's Hammer or something, something like that where he he puts uh, – or maybe now l- wait for last year – where he puts some little scene with uh, uh, people going about their business. And then at the end, it's, yeah, it's just another morning. All right. So the book doesn't end with like a cliffhanger or mm-hmm. uh, everything wrapped up. It's just, ah, oh, it's a new day. Let's get some coffee. <laughs> And and that re-resonance in here is we get we got that idea of of the uh, mutants right sort of going about their business and there's a, a few lines uh, that are really I mean it it sounds like a horror story where Stuart McConchie I think it is he's 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 walked away from his horse after he's locked its legs together and he he starts thinking about the freaks that he's seen. Right. Um, and one of the ones he uh, he describes was um, beings that had been fused together because one of them was lacking a limb or something. Yeah. No, uh, an organ, right. essentially, like a spleen or something. And uh, they just go about their business, and and there was this sense that uh, yes, it, it looks horrifically awful, but but on the other hand, you know, it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and at the end here. We have exactly that same thing, too, where the 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 rat scurrying across the road is pulling a little cart behind him. And then there, and then right after the rat goes, one of the one of the rat traps is also scurrying oh, across oh, the
2: yeah. r- right going after him. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the rat made me made me remi- pulling the cart across the road kind of remind me of Pizza Rat. You guys know who Pizza Rat is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mer- no. um, th- th- it's a little meme that happened recently.
2: Yeah, it was captured uh, in the New York City subway. Someone captured uh, this rat carrying this pizza slice bigger in itself, trying to get it down. Oh, downstairs. yeah, I did see
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: poor, <laughs> poor pizza rat trying to trying to feed his family himself. Yeah. yeah.
0: The 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 thing though is you know because the rat's pulling a little cart. He's it was full of food and other essentials. <laughs> And it, it was like it's okay, right? Yeah, the Earth's been destroyed. You know, everybody's living on uh, radiation tablets, and you know, it's, it's the Fallout world, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, it's okay because the mutants, uh, you know, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love that all the animals in this—they're just so yeah, okay. crazy. I mean, like the the cats that are like storing oh. up their food and planning <laughs> yeah, it. I was just thinking yeah, and talking with each other that's yeah. not a,
0: yeah.
1: I was like that is exactly what I'm um, like cats just feel like they would totally do that if they evolved they're gonna start <laughs> planning it's, things and scheming and
0: <laughs> i I saw paul's did you see uh, Paul's picture of the, the Roman cat no yeah he tweeted it a couple of times and and it, 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 it's asking him a question. What the question is, is like, are you good to eat? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs>
3: or
0: uh, what do you got for me today? Or something like that. Yeah. I think that's why he had to retweet it a couple well, of times. I,
2: the, one of the reasons why I retweeted was because <laughs> Michael was looking for cat pictures. And like, oh, I, I, I took a picture of a Roman cat. I'll send it to him. Because Mike, Mike's a fan of ancient history and military history especially. So I thought he'd get a kick out of it. And he did. so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, no, 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 the the, the cat didn't, the, the cat did go meow at me, but I had nothing for it. It was the pigeons in Rome. This pigeon did this little dance for me hmm. while, I was sit, while I was sitting in a granola bar, did this dance to try to get some out of me. I did eventually <laughs> give it a crumb because... See? Yeah, I, I know. I, it, it sang for its supper, literally. But.
0: Totally. Um, when I was in Rome, I found that uh, a lot of the the ruins were completely inhabited by cats
2: i, I didn't see I, I mean except for a couple here and there like the via Appia. What i didn't see many cats at all i don't know i saw a, mm. i saw a rabbit this bl- this big black rabbit i thought mm. it's kind, i I thought that's kind of sad You had the roman empire now you have these ruins and just rabbits <laughs> running around yeah. in the ruins what, what would augustus think of this he would not be happy yeah. Oh, if only there was little carts attached to them, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> now that would that would that would be kind of freaky. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I was think I was thinking, as far as the timeline and of Hoppy's plan, have you either you guys seen Looper?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I watched it a couple of years ago, or last year maybe.
2: Okay, for, okay. For listeners who don't know, Looper is a time travel novel. And and there's a whole a whole bunch of other things flowing around as far as this being part of the time travel is that telekinesis is kind of started within like 10% of the population have minor telekinetic powers but spoiler the who turns out to be the main bad guy has especially in the future very vastly increased telekinetic abilities which he's using to do very bad things and I thought of Hoppy and this it's like. Oh, Hoppy's kind of, kind of like, like the uh what's uh um uh, brain freeze? up uh, c- kind of like the rainmaker, because because mm. we see we see him early where he doesn't really can't do much of anything. He has his little uh seeing into the future act, mm. but nothing else. But then later on in the in the in the second half of the novel, we get to see he has some very scary powers, kind of like the rainmaker.
0: Well, one of the th- one of the things that he does have uh, that scene where he's being interviewed for the job is he fixes a watch spring, but he doesn't replace it; right. he heals it, right? right? Like he's galactic pod healer style. Yeah, and-
2: yeah, he's the technopath. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Again, again, Dick recycling some ideas. I mean, that's that's the sense I got. What that's what basically he's been doing all this time, I mean, we just that's the only time we explicitly see him do it. But I, I took it as a given that, yeah, he basically can do funky things with uh, technology that no one else can, which kind of reminds me of, here I go, s- side thing, to uh, a character in uh, Kelly McCullough's School for Sidekicks, which is about uh, basically the immersion of su- the uh, explosion of superheroes onto a world, and one of the mm-hmm. one of the superheroes can do all these fancy gadgets that and vehicles and stuff that don't really work for anyone else. They work for him just fine. That's because he can, because he's a technopath and he can kind of massage things to do things that they shouldn't, but for everyone else, they don't last so long.
0: Mm. The best version of that I've seen is also in a comic book. It's a um, really good one called ex machina. Oh yeah. Uh, unrelated to the movie. Right. Um, but that's by Brian Vaughn, the guy who's yeah. he's very hot right now yeah, with Saga Saga guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's you know he the some politician gets um, he's he's running for mayor of New York, I think, and he, he gets uh, his super his superpowers from I don't know an alien rock or something, just like <laughs> kind of like kryptonite, I guess. Um, but his his power is the ability to command mechanical objects. And so, you know, you point a uh, pistol at him and and try and shoot him. And he he just says, jam. And he says it to the to the pistol and the pistol's like, yep, I'm not firing. <laughs> um, So it's uh, it's it's a pretty, you know, that's the fun part about about superhero comics is, you know, seeing how their people different people's powers interact with each other. it it, it, that's probably the most fun part. And that's a really fun one and setting it along with the, uh, the politics and sort of this historical setting, which is, uh, beginning around, uh, September 11th, 2001. Um, that makes for a really good story, but this, that one has like a lot more, um, consistency Uh, here. I, I don't know what Dick is doing other than sort of setting up a bunch of characters, Letting them run for a while and then saying, Okay, that's enough. I'll put a, a capper on this. It's hit the page count.
1: Yeah, that was weird. Like, even there's like a teacher. What is it? What's his name? Mr. Astorius or something? The mushrooms. Yeah.
0: Miss Astorius or Mr. Mister? Yeah, Mr. Mister Astorius. Astorius? Yeah, Mr. Astorius. That's
2: right.
1: And then at some point, they're just like, Yeah, and then we killed him for lying. Mm-hmm. And then there's a new teacher that turns up.
2: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Wait, he, he, he was of, lying because he was,
0: going, he was looking for blue cells. Yeah. So, uh, what do we make of uh, Bluthgild? Because he's insane, right?
2: Yeah, oh, I got.
3: He's I think insane,
2: so. but he hit this But he's also super ordinary. It's kind of he's, he's he's he's. I mean, I don't know where he got his abilities per se, but but does he, he, do he have abilities?
1: Yeah, I got the impression I, he has none. Like, is it
0: <laughs> his ability is to think that he is controlling? Yeah. Units. And yeah, whenever I, something I, happens, I, he thinks that yeah, I, 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 he's caused it. Yeah,
1: there's a I, there's a great paragraph where he's like, he feels sorry for the, um, for the war, and then he thinks he's like, well, I should try and make it better, and then he just hangs around and watches everyone rebuild and heal themselves, mm-hmm. and then he grows a beard. He While doesn't he's even watching. notice that Yeah, he yeah, he's yeah. just like watching and then he's like, and my work is done. <laughs>
0: yeah. How did my clothes become red? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> it's
1: like he's not yeah, doing it's... anything. He's just watching, I think.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: It's a very strange, surreal moment. It's like the world kind of acts around him. But but I, I, I took it to be that, that he wasn't seeing that. it actually had an actual effect on the world. Well, yeah, I think not a great if one, there
0: but. is a viewpoint character for the are, uh what do they call it Mary Sewing, whatever it is, where the who is the who is Bluthgeld? I think Dick is Bluthgeld because he's created this world, right? Uh, for in the in the text, <laughs> he's created the text and. One of the one of the things that happens when we do hang out with Bluthgeld is he, we get really deep inside his mind. We we get inside of a lot of people's minds here. Um, you know, the switch between dialogue and inner monologue is pretty fast and loose. But for him, it's almost exclusively inner monologue, mm-hmm. and it sure. is very. Um, you know, he he does take responsibility for things that are happening outside where we would say he has no responsibility there. Yeah. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, he did set up the whole world to be well, because of his mistaken calculation. Or yeah. Whatever. That was,
1: it was like, set right? up as an accident. Cause the yeah. first mm-hmm. time I read it, I thought, Oh yeah, this, this guy is actually causing all these things. But then when I read over all of his scenes again, it seemed like he really wasn't. And it was so much funnier.
3: It's mm-hmm.
1: just like this crazy guy walking around thinking
2: he's I- responsible for everything. I, I think you could take it ambiguously, yeah. whether, whether that he actually is actually <laughs> responsible. He, either he's not responsible and he's and he's and he's a cook, or he is responsible, and that's even scarier that he's actually influencing the world around him. Maybe not to the degree that he thinks, but I think he's a, he's kind of like a catalyst for changing the world. Yeah.
0: What, what do we think about his name, his uh, his new identity, rather than the Bluthgeld, because uh, the I think the blood money um, aspect. It's not that he he profited from the world's destruction exactly, um, but I think you know Dick really likes German names, right? Himmel, mm-hmm. we had, and a Bluthgeld. It, it's it sounds you know it's just fun to say those words, right? Um, so I think that. We don't need to read too much into that, but what about Mister Tree? Jack Tree. Yeah, Mister Jack Tree or Mister Tree. You can call me Mister Tree. Why did he choose that as a pseudonym?
2: Well, a jack, uh, jack tree is a is a fruit tree in Asia.
0: Jackfruit. Yeah, jack, jackfruit. So he's. But. Yeah. We, it's kind of like I I was thinking for a minute like. It reminded me, uh, I don't know why, maybe there's some there's some sort of a connection uh, of the story of Odin. You know, about how Odin's sort of uh, nailed to a tree. Oh yeah, hung on, the, hung on the tree for nine days to gain wisdom. Right. Um, and he is sort of in that sort of... It, it, it's a pretty crappy uh, blend into the society pseudonym, you know what I mean? because it doesn't sound like a real name. Mm-hmm. Hoppy Harrington, you know, I I can accept that Hoppy is uh not his actual, you know, Christian name. <laughs> Most of the other characters they just have names like, you know, Keller or Blaine, right? Mm-hmm. Burns. They're they're just names. Um but Mr. Tree doesn't sound like that. It sounds like a I don't know. Is it like mystery? Mr. Mm. Mystery? I don't Mr. know.
2: Mr. Tree Mystery. Yeah, Mr. like who is who is who is Mr. Tree? Yeah. That yeah, I didn't think about that.
0: And I mean, he is the he is in the title. I know that it's. I think there's something central about him in the book that is. I mean, it is totally undercooked, so it's hard to say exactly. Yeah. What it is?
2: It, it kind of goes back to the whole is he influencing events thing. I mean, if he is, then it's clear that's why he's in the title because he's he's the fulcrum point of this book, although. Really, as far as the plotting and pushing of things, that's really Hoppy's, Hoppy's uh, desires and plans that really are what drives this novel, what plot yeah. there is, which isn't I, much what... Really I'm trying to... Th- Sorry, Karen. It's, it's really Hoppy's uh, goals and ambitions that really move things mm-hmm. along. Yeah, and yeah. did Hoppy
0: cause the war? Hoppy predicted
2: the war. Obviously, Poppy predicted the war because we have those visions... Because mm-hmm. he 'cause he sees the guy eating the rat
0: and stuff and then he actually <laughs> like. I don't know. I I have a feeling like when like when he actually is eating the rat, he says, Why am I eating this rat?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: like he, so, he's really impressionable, and, and, you know.
2: Obsessed with getting money and yeah. money is absolutely useless in this post apocalyptic society. It's like he's almost like a hoarder in some ways. Yeah, hey, I gotta get more money. There might be a yeah. wallet with money. He's like, "What the hell is useful money now?"
1: Oh yeah, that's but, hilarious. And he's just like collecting as much money as he can carry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? What? But he also know? said uh, they also said when when he said, "Why don't you go across the street and check that, that corpse, see if it has any cigarettes?" So yeah. cigarettes also are. You know, we get out a couple mentions of coffee, but this is much more cigarette uh, plot driven book than yeah. it is coffee driven book. Yeah, that well, was funny.
1: He, that, I was going to say playing he, that Fallout game at the same time was hilarious because it's it's like Philip K. Dick kind of predicted video games where you're just like, yes, collect all the cigarettes and all the money and <laughs> it
3: is pick,
0: is up, very, pick up, pick um, yeah. up, pick <laughs> up. Pick up the bottle caps, right? Yeah. When I first played it, I I, I I had played the earlier Fallout game, so I don't know. It, it had been a long time, I think. But I forgot that the caps were of any value. So, like... The first few times I inter- interact, I'm like, I don't need that junk. Why do I want yeah. bottle caps? I was like, wait, I need those. Yeah. <laughs> because and the people value them as well. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's probably the only thing you should take <laughs> mm-hmm. because it is a hoarder style game. hmm Um, you go from house to house looking for stuff to eat and
1: yeah.
0: armor and,
1: and. Stuart McConchie all- is totally just like the he's like the, the modern game player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's
0: crafting his stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. He's a a craftsman. Um the boss of the um TV of show. T V plot uh, repair place, right? He he's he hired the black man and he hired the the uh, disabled dude. And apparently uh, Philip K. Dick had a boss like that in real life. Oh really? Right. Yeah. I think this is very autobiographical. I mean, again, not,
3: like Bailey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
0: so it makes me wonder if there uh, that if he did know an armless, legless person.
2: Mm. G- and, given
0: that it comes up twice.
2: And ironically, given that boss is progressive uh, in hiring someone black and someone uh, disabled, that he's he's about the only major character who dies, but between mm-hmm. in the in the in the bomb blast, basically.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: and his um, and Bill, I keep on. I've read stuff about how Philip K. Dick was so obsessed with his dead twin, right? He had a
0: yeah.
1: Of he's like and haunted he, by he, that.
0: Yeah, he was. Blam- he was blaming himself for killing her.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: she died, like uh, after being born, that there wasn't enough milk for both him and his sister, something like that. And it, uh, you know, um it is a fight for survival sort of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That makes the whole, that bill character so much creepier when you think of
0: it,
2: Yeah. The whole, I can see into the land of the dead thing, which is just
0: very, very creepy.
1: Yeah. And like, the and bill like eating whatever Edie is eating. Like the,
0: yeah. the the relationship is, uh, it, I was like, these are monsters. And then I realized, Oh no, they're just children. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> because they, um Edie's like, I'm gonna punch you or
3: whatever, <laughs> yeah. and then
0: and I'm gonna die inside of you, and then you'll be carrying a dead thing. I'm not gonna talk to you for a year. Mm-hmm. And then like a minute later they're like friends again. Yeah. And, and and then Bill wants to actually play uh rock, paper, scissors with right. Edie, Edie's Edie's
2: thought <laughs> oh, That was so bizarre. Like, how do you tell you rock paper scissors you can't even see your hand?
1: It was it's, great for like an for an angry little child, like because what he just really wanted to get out and be put me in a snail. It's like, yeah. why would you choose a snail?
0: <laughs> because they have little eye stalks.
1: Yeah. A full he,
0: he, 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 he wanted real senses. So I mean, mm-hmm. And then he goes into the owl. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves the owl and goes into, into
2: Hoppy. Hoppy.
0: Yeah. So where did Hoppy go? Hop, <laughs> Hoppy got displaced into somewhere. Into Dangerfield?
3: Yeah, uh, Maybe.
0: I don't know, um, and no, I think didn't Dangerfield have something growing inside of him too?
2: Well, he, no, no. The, the impression I got was that Hoppy was psychologically manipulating.
1: Hoppy was trying it, to kill him. Yeah, right. yeah.
2: Just, every
0: time he passed over California, he'd get a.
2: That's so great. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. The basic Hoppy was wave strange.
0: of radiation coming up from the ground.
2: That's what I really liked about the story was I thought Hoppy
1: was such a cool character. I loved reading about him and the and Dangerfield up in that,
2: satellite was just so sad
0: <laughs> and his <laughs> wife's still up there with him unless
2: he ejected her or something
0: i guess
1: yeah and so she committed, she committed suicide right did i read that right <laughs>
0: yeah. so, overdose on drugs right? yeah <laughs> i don't
2: know why their
0: marriage gone down the tubes
2: i don't know why they just didn't go on to mars but
0: um, I think there was some problem with the staging. Yeah,
2: there was like a Except malfunction. The
0: stage didn't work, or something. And
2: they couldn't go back down, which kind of reminds me of um, what's the name? Um, Lucifer's Hammer. We 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 have uh, cosmonauts who wind up crashing into uh California after mm-hmm. after things have gone to pot on Earth.
0: There is one uh one other story that. I'm thinking of that. I don't think I've ever talked about with you guys because uh, I I do tend to talk about Philip K. Dick short stories. Um, it's one of my favorites. Unfortunately, it's not in the public domain as far as I know. But um, it's called the Little Movement.
2: The Little Movement. That doesn't sound familiar. And
0: yeah, it's it's not one that gets a lot of attention, but I really like it. Um, it's essentially the plot of Toy Story. Um, hmm. What we it starts off with. There's a really sort of upset man carrying a box. Well, he walks down the street and he's talking to the box <laughs> and the box is sort of making noises and then he sits down cross-legged on the, on the street corner and opens the box and puts a little sign uh, out in front, like 10 cents each and inside the box are a bunch of wind-up um, uh, like toy robots mm-hmm. and he... He's like, I really don't want to do this. And he's talking to the sort of mumbling to himself. But actually, he's talking to the little robots. And uh, a father and son come by and buy one of the toy robots and take it home. And uh, the boy, you know, is playing with the toy robot and then on his bed. And then suddenly the, the robot says, wind me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, that's it's, kind of party. Yeah. And it turns out that. The robots uh, are an uh, alien invasion fleet.
3: Oh and, god! <laughs>
0: oh no! <laughs> exactly. And um, and he's he, the like the little boy just finished introducing the little toy robot to all the other toys in the house, you know, or, you know, in the bedroom, like the the teddy bear and the, you know, whatever else there was, and uh, and he's like, every day you're going to come in and wind me at a certain time, and I'm going to be ready, and I need you to go to the toy store and and ask for this person and he'll give you something and I want you to bring it back here. And it's like weapons or something. Hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like, Oh, this is, this is spooky. And the kid's like freaked out, but he's going to do it. Cause otherwise I'll tell your parents or something horrible. Um, and then <laughs> turns out, um, a little, uh, sort of glider airplane wind up thing comes in through the window and says, Sir, everything's going wrong. Our plans are all over the world. All the little boys and girls have been getting our t- troops. They're being destroyed. What's causing this? And the, <laughs> and the robots, hmm, that's not good news. We have to accelerate our plans. Right. And then as the glider flies out the window, the little robot goes over to the window and watches him fly away or something like that. <laughs> and then, um, the rest of the toys in the room says, that's it kill him. (laughs) Wow. Robot smashes to the ground. That's the end of the story. So basically, it's weird, right? Very dark toy story. It is a very dark toy story. It's that, you know, one of the toy stories is actually evil. I I haven't actually seen toy Story, So maybe this is the actual plot, but no, no, it's it's conspire against the, 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 the one that sort of breaks ranks from pretending to be, just a a toy that lets you use your imagination. It's it's it, by breaking that fourth wall with the with the kid, he's you know broken some rule, and also they're protecting Earth or something. It's like really weird. Huh. But I just it makes me think, you know, that opening scene where the guy's carrying a box of toys, right? That he doesn't really know what to do with, and he binds them up, and he sort of sets them walking around on the street there to sell to people um that's this book kind of it, it's the robots are wound up the characters are wound up you know he i don't think phil k dick knew what he was doing i think he just said okay i'm gonna have a psychiatrist because i'm really into psychiatry um this guy Bluthgeld because uh i like germans <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a bunch of you know Hoppy and a bunch of other characters, and we'll set them to winding and.
1: Yeah, I felt that too. It's de- like there's so many. I think it's got really cool ideas and stuff. I'd get really excited about it if you know mm-hmm. if you explain it to me in like in summary. It sounds like yeah, that sounds amazing.
3: <laughs> but the way
1: it's written, it's just so confusing, and there's so many people. And I feel like some of them could just be taken out, and like I would have. I would have liked it if it was more just like Hoppy's story and Dangerfield, and I don't even yeah. know if Bluthgard really had to be in there.
2: I, but, he... by, <laughs> I think I, I think he's I think I mean it's muddled, but I think he's the central axis of what's happening, mm-hmm. so I think he had to be in there. But like he oh, is, the but... whole the whole Bonnie subplot with her sleeping around with everybody. What the heck is mm-hmm. it? I mean
0: that's, that's I mean... just typical Philip K. Dick wife, right? But, but it well, just feels
2: like yeah,
1: it's like that's seven stories.
2: Yeah,
0: it is. It's like what does that have to do And and that makes it a lot more like that uh Pacific Edge too, right? I mean, it's sort of petty office politics after the end of the world.
2: Right. And also uh, the Wild Shore, which is the one mm-hmm. which is post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Where we have the small community that's kind of broken up, <laughs> broken to pieces after after lots of nuclear bombs that, that that and no one really can go anywhere very much and travel's hard. So, and there are and there are Russians and Japanese on Catalina Island. So, so, so it's like there's Chinese somewhere on the, were somewhere on in North America. We don't know where they are now, but they're kind of like off
0: screen. Mm-hmm. Well, but on, on the other hand, the the two ships just came in from Asia, right? And they're full of electronic goods from Japan.
2: So yeah, so some so, some places are. It's too, not all bad. It's not all. It's not all bad, but it's not a kind of a kind of world I'd want to really live in.
0: No, it's horrible. <laughs> Andrew Gill's really excited because he's going to automate his, 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 his cigarette his, machine. There's
2: herbal mm-hmm. cigarettes. Ooh, ah, not
0: herbal cigarettes. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, 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 I <laughs> it, mean, it's, 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 it's just a bunch of hippies hanging out together and doing hippie stuff. But
2: he also has he also he also has uh, alcohol. That there's there's there is that he doesn't <laughs> make as much of that. Maybe it was interesting, but it's like, okay, screw the cigarettes, tell me more about the alcohol.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it took them a while to get back to making alcohol, right? Because this is like seven years mm-hmm. after. I'm like, wow, yeah. <laughs> you haven't figured out that yet.
2: Yeah, you, you, figured that you think that'd be forgot pretty yeah. quick. I mean, we've had alcohol <laughs> as for humanity for a long time.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
2: But. But.
0: I think this podcast is petering out just like that book did. It, it,
2: it is it sadly. I had high hopes for Doctor Blood Money, but it didn't. It just doesn't quite hang together. I'm so, I'm
0: sorry, Mr. PKD. This just is This not gel. You know what? I liked it. I, I I think it's exactly like I said in the review. It's not a great book, but if you like Philip K. Dick, it's like spending time with him. Maybe it wasn't the greatest bull session ever. He didn't. You know, come up with a great philosophy that will leave you thinking about it. But I tell you, the, that dog, that cheap dog, when it says, I have no money. <laughs> oh, the dogs are awesome. <laughs> he wants to play. He wants to bet that he could catch the stick.
1: Yeah. To go the stick yeah. There is definitely a lot of good stuff in it. Like, there's, <laughs> there's so much funny. Like, there's some good comedy in there. There's, yeah. It's kind of tragic. Like, that scene where Hoppy is crying because the truck
2: nearly runs him off the road yeah Yeah, i mean you
0: feel for the guy even though he is a monster right he isn't
2: a monster at that point we don't know at that point that he's going to turn into the this little tin god who's trying to take over take over everything yeah he's a he's very much a a figure of pity
1: and his story Mm. is amazing like that's a really good setup because later when he starts. Um, being a bit evil you're kind of like yeah because he got mistreated and <laughs> mm-hmm. you can see why he's kind of a bit mad
0: a lot of people get mistreated in this I mean mm-hmm. that's sort of what it's about is um, surviving that sort of brutal punishment and not becoming bitter about it maybe.
2: yeah racism, uh, losing your horse uh, yeah. losing your or, body, your, because, wife.
0: or your wife danger field right he's not bitter yeah, and all that stuff about him, you know, he's, he's <laughs> even holding a paper bag. He's, hold, for me. he's
2: holding civilization together in some ways by with his broadcast because everyone's listening to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's very important.
0: I I I don't know. You know, what do they do in Russia? They, does he speak Russian? And <laughs> they just like hang <laughs> oh, yeah. around, right? Well, they get you get somebody who can translate, and maybe there's a bunch of other satellites up there as well. Maybe they're not tuned into those. Yeah. It it it's it it is very much a period piece for when it is. Um, I can't imagine that this book is you know gonna be hell. Well, why did this get a Nebula nomination? It's so stupid. I mean, it must have been her his turn, right? There's no reason for this to be considered a great piece of writing. Yeah. Not compared to <laughs> so many of the other things he's done.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But on the other hand it's I still am very happy to have read it. Yeah, I don't me think
2: too.
0: I, I don't think I'm going to ever have to read it again. I've read it twice now. So have I yeah uh, it's like okay I've
2: I've, I've done Dr. blood morning I can go read uh I can read other things now.
0: Whatever the, whatever's next on our list. This has been the SFF audio podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.